Today, I had a really good conversation with Montreal-based Rich Thaw. I'm going to give you the Coles notes so that you feel incentivized to listen further. First of all, if you are a internet company that can speed up our internet connection, we're going to need that for, for future conversations because we had a few technical difficulties. So you're going to have to look past that as you dive into this conversation that we had where we talked about concussion and how that can impact your life. We talked about uh, obstacles as you were up and coming in the fitness industry. We talked about um, how important family is and listening and self-reflection and tracking how you feel and the value of meditation. Another uh, company that could totally sponsor us would be Headspace because Rich loves him some Headspace. So, I mean, if somebody works for Headspace and they happen to stumble across the lifestyle chase, we, we can make that happen. That'd be great. I hope that you enjoy this in all honesty. I think it's helpful for anybody that uh, participates in sport, anybody that's a trainer, anybody that's into fitness, anybody that's like into that personal development space, which I believe is just about everybody. Um, if there's anybody left, it's likely my parents. So thank you for listening. If you want to check out more episodes, there's like hundreds. There are hundreds of episodes. Lots of guests that you'll find are familiar, and you can find those by going to thelifestylechase.podbean.com. And without me talking too, too much, let's listen. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. So welcome to episode 118 of The Lifestyle Chase. I'm joined by the one and only Rich Thaw. How are you doing today? Hey man, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. Awesome. A little break, so it's uh, it's great to to connect with like-minded fitness people with uh, like you. So, out of everything that's happened this week, what are the the two coolest things that's happened as far as just it can be lifestyle, fitness, anything, just whatever comes to the top of your mind? Um, training with my son. I was actually <laughs> curating. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, curating like an Instagram post before this. I just realized I recorded my son and I doing a workout together, like. I was kind of doing some uh, little arm farm stuff yesterday, and he kind of ran into my arms and was like hugging me. He's like, "Did I hug?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, hug." Like I'm still doing the workout. Um, then he wanted to like lay on me while I was doing some tricep stuff. I was like, "Okay, fine, whatever." Like, so that was that was really cool. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, I had a little like bit of a I don't know, like panic attack or anxiety attack, whatever you want to label it. Just like a little freak out, um, and I was able to recognize. Like, hey, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just solve, like, to the solve this small part of the problem, and then let's move forward from there. Um, so I caught myself going a little bit crazy on that front. So I had, yeah. So the, the, those those are two really big things, and obviously I had some good time with my wife. We had some good conversations while my son was sleeping, so that was really cool, also. So three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I mean, it's it's neat that everybody's kind of getting introspective and realizing like they're. There are points where it's like, yeah, we're all human. It doesn't matter uh, how many years a person's been doing anything. Like anybody in any field and in any industry is realizing like what makes them who they are, and it's super cool. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. It's uh, this this is something that I kind of experienced before. Um, this whole kind of being trapped thing. I went through a pretty gnarly concussion. Uh, four years ago, so 2017, um, pretty much around this time. So I got slew-footed in hockey, which means somebody kicked the skates out from underneath me. And uh, yeah, you're, you know. Um, Canada. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was out for like nine months, sidelined from life, from coaching, from everything for nine months. So I was essentially like stuck. I couldn't go out. I had to have like seven or eight coffees a day just to stay awake, not even like be rowdy, just like not have symptoms. Um, so it forced me really to be introspective because that's all I really could do. And that really started my journey into like this whole like meditation and awareness and like labeling emotions, um, and noting 
and so like this type of stress that is like i'm freaking out because i'm home like this is just like, okay cool like i can use the tactics that i built back then i can use them again now and that's something that i've been using with my clients also to help like bring a different type of approach to their training their fitness if you want to call it that so what was your introduction into the fitness industry to begin with like well actually first of all i'll, I'll skip a step um I want to hear your your elevator pitch. Like, what what is your elevator pitch? How do you describe yourself at a party? I'm just okay. So at a party, I'm just a dude. Like, I don't want to like talk fitness. Like, um, I don't. Yeah, because anytime I say like I'm a, so you and I, we we live in this realm. So I'm a human performance specialist. Um, if somebody asks me to party, I'm a personal trainer. Like, just like dumb down, super simple. Like, I don't want to explain it. Um, if they want to talk with, oh, you're a personal trainer. Okay, cool. How's my, let, let me tell you my diet. Let me tell my workout regime for last week. And like, inevitably I get pulled in these conversations cause I care and I do want to help. And, and we're passionate about it. We, but like, we're really interested, but what I've learned to ask is throw the question back at them being like, Hey, like, well, what are you looking for? And like, what do you want out of this conversation? Do you want advice or do you just want to like talk to make yourself feel good? Cause I can give you like advice really quick jump to the end. Cause like, I care more about the person than like the exercise. And I find that's kind of rare, especially um, <clears throat> new up and coming trainers. So my elevator pitch to myself, sorry, about myself to other people, uh, I'm a human performance specialist and performance is what matters most to you. And that's what matters most to me. That's, that's a great way of putting it. Like I, I like that because it's just uh, to be more intuitive in this industry and to like listen more than we we speak is pretty helpful. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm gonna transition a little bit. I want to hear about like what was your first year like in the personal training industry? Like where were you at? What was your introduction into this career? Um, what were your obstacles? Oh, dude. Um so many um so i first started in well uh hockey like hockey was my intro hockey like is everything so um i wanted to get better at hockey and then i was like hey how do i get like the edge um and it, i just so happened to meet a trainer uh, he kind of gave me the path and i started being interested kind of like we all did like interested in like okay what will make me better so i'll read all the articles go on mental t nation um Started following like Mark Stegan back then those core performance. Um, started following Mike Boyle way back, uh, reading articles on the internet on like a dial-up modem. Like, did you did you remember this? How slow that was? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so from there I started working. I got like my personal training certification from McGill. Uh, dove a little deeper, and then I did a mentorship at uh, MBSC at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning. Um, and then I wanted to apply for an internship and that didn't work. Like I failed, failed the application process. I, I just wasn't accepted. Like I think it was twice. Um, and I was just going to perform at our conferences way back when this is like 2005, 2006. Um, and I remember at an FMS workshop in like 2006, I still have the book actually. I met someone named Nicole Rodriguez who was like in, we've seen each other at a bunch of conferences. So I sat next to her, we started talking. She actually worked, she worked for EXO. She's working on, over in Poland now. Um, and I was like, hey, like I've been trying to apply for MBSC. And she's like, yeah, well, I'm the intern coordinator. So like, oh, that's awesome. So like, yeah, we've had a bunch of great conversations. They just send me the application and like, you're in. So like, oh, great, amazing. So like, th that just showed the value of connection, how I got in so quickly before I was just like some outcast Canadian. Um, and then I almost got, <laughs> this is freaking hilarious. I almost got arrested um, at the border. Oh yeah, dude, totally. I got banned from the States for the summer, almost for five years and put in jail. So the the story behind that is I went across like whatever, a week before the mentor, uh, the internship and the border security was like, no, like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to the States for an internship. They're like, why? How long? I'm like for the summer. They're like, no, <laughs> go home. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck. So, so I went home. Um, came back and I'm like, Hey, look, like this is a written letter from Bob from Mike Wells from MBSC from the business side. And he's like, says like rich is an internship. He goes, Oh, it's not on the proper letterhead. It's not signed. No, go back and go home. That's number two. 
So I came back on a proper letterhead signed. Oh, no, you're taking a job away from American citizen. You can't come back. That's number three. So I was like, I personally said, okay, fuck this border. Let me go to another border. So I go to that border, and they're like, well, you've been denied three times already. I'm like, yeah. They said, you have to go back to the original port of origin. So that's number four denied. So I went back to the original port of origin. They're like, listen, like, what do I do to get across? And they're like, listen, at this point, you're obviously not getting across for the entire duration of the summer. You, If you try and come across again, you're banned from the States for the summer. So I call my dad. I'm like, dad, like, I'm freaking out right now. What do I do? Like, I need to get this internship is like a life changing opportunity. Like all these people, I'm already two weeks late at this point. And so he's like, we'll just try another border. So I had the letterhead. I had everything they asked me for, everything. So I tried another border. Like I went to the one next door with the proper letterhead, with all the proper documentation. Um, and it was like a little one person border, like a shaft. And I get there. The guy's like, hey, how's it going? Our computer's so slow. So just come in, hang out for a second. I'm like, yeah, he was super friendly. Um, and he's like, but like a half an hour, him and I just shooting the shit. He comes back and goes, so um, did you try and cross another border just today? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's called border hopping. That's illegal. Like, you can go to jail for five years for that. So who told you to do this? I'm like, well, my dad. So he's like, so by the way, if you've ever been denied at the border, they scan your fingers, they scan your toes, they scan your fucking elbows, they scan your face, they scan everything. Like it's it's so thorough, it's insane. So um this guy says, Is your dad a lawyer? I'm like, no. Does he work for the government? No. He goes, Okay, cool. It's just like bad advice. So um because of that, I was red carded or like not even like the opposite of green carded. I was red carded. <laughs> I was like Every time I crossed the border, I was flagged and I was held down for like half an hour. I grilled about questions. So what happened at the end was I had to hire a lawyer, get something called the J-1 working visa. And finally, I got across about a month late for the internship. But it was like everyone was making fun of me as like the terrorist Canadian because, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was terrible, man. Um, yeah, so that was that was a huge obstacle. And then I've had some other like some other stuff. But it, it, essentially, that was uh, one of the big kind of workarounds I had to be resourceful to find a solution to at least like with the help of others because I, I didn't know what to do like I didn't want to give up on such a great opportunity so yeah that was, that was a big uh, that, that, that stands out in my mind pretty pretty heavily I um, think that would stand out in anybody's mind like I have never interviewed someone that got denied at the border and relentlessly tried oh. time after time I almost got, dude, I almost got arrested. Like, that was terrible. He's like, you can go home or you can go to jail. I'm like, uh, can I go home? Like, yeah. is this an option? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, so all my buddies make fun of me for that. Everyone that worked at, uh, at Boyles make fun of me all the time for that. So was it worth it after all was said and done? Did it pay off for oh, you? Oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the connections, the relationships I made that summer have, not solidified, they've definitely helped my career, they, they, they pushed me forward very fast to the place where I wanted to be and given me a tremendous amount of experience. So anybody who wants to gain a tremendous amount of experience in a short amount of time, intern with somebody, someone I look up to, someone who has like a structured program, somebody who runs some sort of summer development within their uh, interest realm, I guess you can say, obviously. Um, but yeah, so we did, so like the internship, just to give you uh, an, an idea, but it's like, and it's it's never been as hard as it was that summer. It's like the golden summer of 2009 was like so fucking hard. It, we had to be at the facility for, I think, 6.45 or 6.30. Um, and we'd leave at around like 8, 9 o'clock at night. Like once everything's done, clean, like tear up. Um, and then I had the opportunity also to work with Mike and the BU hockey team. So three times a week, I had to be at boston university to help with the hockey team and i had to leave my house at 3 30 a.m to be there i think it was at like 4 30 so that would be ready to go for like five so they train from five to six and then i go i just remember being exhausted all the time that summer but like it was a tremendous amount of experience got so many so much volume so much education so much interaction and like everybody i worked with is like these are the, the upcoming giants in the industry now so it's really cool to call them my friends and just like to 
just to be here with them all right now. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. I definitely would. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I, I admire Michael Boyle. I have his certification. I am a certified functional strength coach. So it's just like, nice. I would totally be just as persistent at the border, but I just, you never hear about those stories where like, uh, facing adversity and it's like literal, like adversity, like, they will not let you cross and you had to like oh, yeah. network to get the opportunity in the first place. That is nuts. So I want to know yeah. what, what are the three memories that stand out the most about your experience, like lessons that you learned, things that kind of shaped how you train people today? Um, the first one definitely has to go with my mental health struggles. Um, knowing more about yourself um most most specifically about the concussion like everything that i've had some mental health wise as, was like exacerbated it made like 100 times more potent because of the concussion so i was more irritable like i didn't trust myself anymore um i'd forgot things all the time uh depression was like through the roof uh anxiety all the time like or feeling feelings of anxiousness uh, it was it was really tough, but what I've learned is asking for feedback. Um, I learned that the hard way, and I learned that if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget. Like if I don't create like short checklists, like three points, no more than three points, then I'm not going to complete it. Um, and that taught me a lot about like empathy, um, perspective taking, and the idea of just like asking for constant feedback. And it's not a bad thing. It's just like. I'm not asking you to insult me. I'm just asking, like, what does this look like for you? <clears throat> and I was, all, I was interested in, like, the behavioral psych stuff before. But experiencing it and kind of creating these solutions or being resourceful enough to find people who found solutions, that helped me kind of overcome this little barrier of just being, trying, being able to relate to people a little bit better and being really empathetic to, like, everyone's going through some shit. Like, you don't have to be a dick about it. it, it just like Just take a second and, like, everybody needs so, – this is one thing that really stands true and still sticks really heavily in my mind is I read somewhere that um, there was this dolphin trainer, Gregory Bateson. I don't know why I remember this guy's name. He found that dolphins would get sick. They get tired. They get irritable. They maybe even die. But the ones that had a warm relationship with their trainer, they would do anything. They'd risk anything. They try anything because they know they had a connection. They know somebody was going to be there waiting for them on the other side. And so all human, sorry, all mammals crave attention, but only humans crave acknowledgement. So if we provide some sort of acknowledgement and being like, Hey, like I'm going to look after you, some feeling of that, then the other person, our client or heck our friends, our family is like, I will go through a wall for you i will sacrifice myself for you because i know you'll do the same for me and that is what i've really experienced like i embodied that only once i actually experienced it myself i had to go through the shit to see like this is what and then and then i learned about the psychological stuff like during and after um so like the empathy part or the perspective taking is is huge what i learned um and the other hurdles i'm sorry I, I go off on such tangents, man. Just, All good. All I, good. I, I You're on track. Tangent, I'm sorry. Um, so you you were totally, you nailed it. I'm going to segue for you a little bit here. Sure. Um, with this experience of empathy, like the, the way you're talking about it, I kind of feel like you had someone show a considerable amount of empathy towards you. Can you recall like a moment when you really felt somebody like understanding your struggle and showing compassion for you? I, this is going to sound terrible. No. So, like, I mean, like, okay, so th there are points of people like, there are like tiny tidbits of like, yeah, they tried, with the exception of my brother. Like, m my brother, like, he, he saved my life, like, and my wife, obviously, but like, that's, yeah. Um, there are some tidbits, but this is this is it was really bred from like the deep seated thought of I keep referring back to this. I, I find myself repeating this more and more these days. Like 
the only unwritten rule in hockey, I'm sure you're familiar with this, is like, don't touch the fucking goalie. Like, <laughs> emphasis on the F word, right? It's like, don't touch the goalie. If you get touched the goalie, you're going to get your ass kicked, right? Because if you touch the goalie, you're like, everybody's allowed to hit you and you protect them at all costs. Like, that's the thing. So, growing up, like, all I knew was hockey. And I kind of missed that once I left playing, once I stopped playing hockey at a high level, um, I didn't have that anymore. And I like searching for that in a team. And once I thought I had that and it wasn't really there, then I had to create it somewhere else. And what I realized the hard way is not, nobody's going to do it for you, but a lot of people will do it with you. Once you've shown like this is, how it's going to work is that so i just had to create it myself i'm like all right cool like we all need some support or a shoulder to cry on or like bag to or face to punch every now and then but unless we create it for ourselves and have some semblance of that so my brother was like the real support system he's always been there he's been through the same shit that i have concussions a whole bit and i was there for him for him when he went through that and that point at this these points he was there for me so that, that kind of created that spiral of like taking care of each other kind of and that's yeah that's 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 really it (laughs) well yeah no you you put that really well and i liked how you brought up how people kind of have to create this space for themselves it's like you gotta you gotta pay to play you want to have something in your life you gotta kind of create it and yeah a lot of people will think that it's a great idea and they'll want to follow suit but it's just like if we want to make strides in our career we have to battle to get across the border (laughs) um like if if no we want to be in the, the personal <laughs> the personal training industry amidst a pandemic, we gotta pivot and uh, diversify and figure out what what gaps need to be filled. For for yourself, yeah. did you find that you had to fill any gaps, or did you have a pretty solid foundation? I know a lot of people have been in a good position throughout this whole this whole thing. Um, I so when I left the space I was working at uh, for ten years. When I came back from Boyles, I started working in a space called Core Excellence. I came back and started the athletic development program, so the hockey training program. Um, we branched out into like basketball and football and soccer. Um, and then I ran the internship and the mentorship program. After I left there, I was like, open my own facility or go online. It's like, uh, 300K versus like 5-ish K. Like, I'm not stupid, I am not. Right? So I went online for a year and a half. Um, so I kind of learned the ropes of like, what it's like to do marketing, what it's like to be online, like the mental stressors of staring at a screen all day. Like I know this game, quote unquote. And it's, I got out of it because I didn't enjoy being a coffee shop hero. I didn't enjoy like staring at a computer screen all day. Like I, I like people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we all, we all like being around other people. Yeah? So, um, but I do also like being alone and having our headspace. So there was just too much of once. I really enjoyed the in-person stuff. So the foundation that I built when I went back to the in-person was like tremendous because it gave me an opportunity online to establish all of the, like uh, the systems and the processes, put it all on paper and then execute it without this like touch that we all think we need. And it, I got tremendous like transformation results with my clients without ever being in the gym with them. The only skill I thought I had, I was like, wait a second, like all of this other stuff is super important. All I need to do, is to be able to keep them accountable and make them show up for the bare minimum and then consistently stick to something. So I had the systems and the process and the strategies already done. Um, I just had to, right now, I just went back to what I did before. And it's working fantastic. Like, I just have a different type of population because I took who I was working in person and pulled them back online. So um, essentially, like, the Cole's notes of what I'm doing is, like, Hey, what does a successful one month in this shitty online space look like for you? Like, I know we're all like in constraints. Like, would you like me to get some equipment from an equipment company? Would you like me to check in with you once a week? Would you like me to write you a program, high five and check in once a month? Like, so I kind of seed them ideas about like the possible routes. And by all means, like they shoot back something that would be ideal for them, but the biggest thing is like, hey, what does a successful X amount of time look like for you? And that's, they tell me. And then I do that thing. And then I do a little bit more on top of that because like over deliver and all that jazz. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that 
makes sense. Um, it's something that I can definitely relate to. Like, I didn't really know what to do, so I just kind of was like, "Hey, these are these are what I can offer right now." And then you let me know if there's anything that's not on that list that I can help with. Like, there's lots of people that just wanted a very specific custom program. There's some people who wanted online, some people who didn't want online, some people who mm-hmm. wanted video. Just like you, just listen and. Um, be very intuitive to what what people are saying and instead of just blasting them with what you think that they want exactly yeah that's that's one thing i learned the hard way when i went online was like we're kind of taught as trainers and coaches at least like to write the program go see the person try the program out with the person make adjustments go back make it pretty add video and then send it off like that's like four hours of work for like <laughs> one hour of pay that's ridiculous so go in with an idea Test out the exercises, see if they work. And if they work, amazing. Here you go. If, they, if they're not, okay, you modify them on the fly, and then here you go. Like, record them there. So I kind of learned, like, like, ask them what they're looking for, and then create that thing. Instead of create a thing and hoping to find people, you just ask your ideal client, like, what you're looking, what they want, and then create that thing within, like, obviously your collective headspace. Yeah. Your unified headspace, excuse me. Um. With your concussion experience, what was the first like two months like after after the the real concussion and how it impacted you? Do Terrible. you remember? Terrible. Uh, bits and pieces. Um, I remember. Oh fuck! So, um, you ever play any like Call of Duty or any kind of like war type video game? Yeah. Where there's a flashbang. Yeah. So that is exactly what it sounded and felt like in my head i can't i remember i came home from work or the, i don't even remember what i came home from I'm, i just felt like shit i just felt like oh, i don't feel right like i was an ache and i was tired and i felt foggy i felt like weird and then i sat down on the couch and the adrenaline stopped pumping and then a, a ringing like a really rat, loud ringing in my ears and such an intense pressure behind my eyes and i remember putting on headphones just like yours and trying to drown out the noise, and I was tossing back and forth with pillows over my head, and I was almost at the point of tears. I think I was even crying, like just tearing. I was like, "It hurts so bad." I can't control. Like, and hours and hours and hours of that. Um, finally, my wife came home and said, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I just stop talking. I can't." Like, um, and then that was a month, like a month worth of just like anything, like looking at the. I right now I have a window in front of me right here. I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to remember the question that you had. I wouldn't be able to like grab a pen. I just like, I, I remember breaking, breaking down crying a couple of times. Cause one, my emotional bandwidth was like zero. Um, I it, it's, it's so messed, man. Like you don't, you don't know yourself anymore. It's, it's so strange. Like, so somebody here, so the emotional bandwidth thing, if right now you and I are like at a zero, like calm, we're chill, like we're not angry, we're not upset, we're just like, we're, we're here, we're at a zero. And plus 100 is like, put your fist through a wall. Minus 100 is like, go in the corner, cry in the ball. Like I had a one on either side. Like I would put my fist through the wall and be crying like this. It was so strange. Over the dumbest things. Um, I'd be angry at people for something that like, was just like a, a joke. Um, I'd, I'd be furious at them. Uh, dexterity, like picking up, I wouldn't be able to grab any. Um, I'd be so tired. I'd last an hour and then have a, I'd have to sleep for four or five hours. I'd wake up after five hours of sleeping, exhausted. I need, I needed four or five coffees a day just to stay awake. Forget about that. Like, uh, it was, it was, it was weird, man. Um, I'm happy it's over. <laughs> yeah. Know? So any, any. Anytime I see like anybody riding a bike without a helmet or like doing something stupid, like they could get a concussion. I'm like, you are like, Jesus, just don't be dumb, man. Like it's, it's so not worth it. It's so not worth it. (laughs) What was, what was the first thing that happened that kind of gave you a little bit of uh, hope? Like, I mean, did you think you were just going to live like that forever? Like, I can't imagine the amount of things going through your head, but like, what was the first turning point for you? Um, I, there was more bad days than there was good days until I realized that like, so kind of just same way. I'm similar. A lot of us are like, 
I'm tough. I can push through this. Like I have a headache, but I'll still go for a light bike ride. Nah. I have a headache, but I'll do like I'll just do ten bodyweight push-ups. Nah. I got so nauseous after three push-ups, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I had a headache after like one split squat hold for ten seconds, body weight. Like no way. Like piercing. So I was like, I couldn't do anything. So um, what I started doing, I just started meditating that year. So that was that's super helpful. I can control every morning being able to wake up and sit down and put on a 10-minute meditation with an app called Headspace. So that's what I did. Like I woke up every morning. I had my little like yoga mat. I had um, my essential oils I put in the diffuser, and I diffused those. So I did a shitload of research on concussion and brain inflammation. Um, and then I just took my stuff. I sat down and meditated for 10 minutes, and that's, that's what I did. And after that, I woke. I wrote in a gratitude journal. I wrote three things I'm grateful for, and then I wrote, um, it prompts you to write uh, a daily affirmation, I am, and then insert character trait. Um, and then I wrote three things I'm gonna do for today. And then I did that every single day, and I also, on top of that, I started tracking my symptoms. So like, on a scale of zero, the worst I've ever felt, to 10, the best I've ever felt. Where am I that day? And the goal was to start and end like the same number every day. So essentially, like, I'm only going to be a zero once. That one time where I came home, I had like, the flashbang go off in my head. That was a zero. And 10, I could be a, like a 10 today and a 10 tomorrow and a 10 like the entire week. That's fucking awesome. Zero symptoms feel amazing. So that's that's what I'm going for. So um, eventually, as the days went by, I saw the trend going upwards, like consistently being above a six. Like that was good. So that was like, Hey, there's hope. Like, um, and then I don't even remember where I heard this, but, uh, always forward. Well, so every, I wrote down, I'm one day better and I'll always move forward. And that was like, that's pretty much why you see at the end of every single post, every email, every, everything you'll see me write always forward. Like, cause that really, like really hit home. Cause that was a really tough time for me. And I didn't think I was going to get out of it. I honestly thought like, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. We forget things. We need to aid for everything. Uh, I, it was just, it was really rough, but uh, that, that helped tremendously. And so what, what inspired you to go that path to decide to start meditating and to decide to start tracking right. things? Um, I started meditating a while ago, but I felt, I, I just didn't like, it wasn't me. I didn't like it. I was like, ah, oh, this is weird. Like, this is stupid. It's too woo woo for me. So forget this stuff. Um, and then I read tools of Titans. I think it was like cover to cover, I read the whole thing on a cruise. Um, it's like a million pages. So it was a pretty big feat for me. And, uh, I'd say the vast majority of people mentioned something about their like long stint meditating. So I was like, hey, if these like ridiculously successful people all meditate and all speak so highly of it, like, all right, like what the hell am I doing not meditating? So I started again on that cruise and that's pretty much what sparked it. Um, and then listening to, I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. Uh, so listening to a lot of Tony Robbins also talks a lot about like this spirituality and that's always been a weird concept for me, but as I try and open myself up to it, I can kind of relate to some of it now, now that I've really dove down like the meditation realm. But that was just something that I wanted to be. I wanted to be more connected with myself and therefore others. So if I, my, my reasoning was like, if I better understand the, the mess, the noise going on in my head, then I can better understand the mess of the noise going on in your head and better help you as a client. Therefore, like putting more money in my pocket, but also making more of an impact and creating a legacy versus just like, here's a workout. Yeah. 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 So how do you integrate that? How do you integrate the meditation process into someone else's life? Because you're, you're a real dude. Like you had some skepticism. <laughs> you don't, I don't, I, I, I say nothing of it. Like, Oh yeah. I say like, this helped me. Um, if, if you bring it up, then we'll talk about it, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, you have to meditate. Cause I get it. Like I didn't care for meditation. I thought it was stupid. Yeah. And like you may too. And that's cool. Yeah. But, I'd say the biggest thing I got out of meditation was developing an awareness of like blank. Like it's, I call it like an awareness centric feedback loop. So like, are you aware of that? You're doing these things. Do you recognize the pattern? Like, are you able to catch yourself like, like before waking out and be like, Hey, like 
what about this? Like, are you, do you have depression or do you experience depressive bouts? If you have depression and you are, then therefore you are a depressed person. But no, like I'm not a depressed person. Clinically, like whatever, all this stuff. But, um, I depressed, sad. It's like okay, cool. Okay, oh yeah, that is a depressive thought. These are the depressive times. I'm gonna have to like apply these strategies to come out of this thing on the, on the other side. But it doesn't make me a depressed person. So labeling and noting these emotions and feelings—that was something I learned also. Like you are not the emotion; it's just something that happens around you, with you, to you. So that was that was a huge thing. So I kind of used those strategies, talking about these types of emotional qualities with my clients, but I very rarely say like, "Hey, you got to meditate." Yeah. Well, I think just having having that life experience where you understand the value of something and if somebody was to ask like your experiences, like I, I think when we're able to communicate um, in a way where, where we've walked the talk in a certain realm, um, we're able to empower others to walk their walk their talk if they so need to do so. Like from my experience, exactly. um, it's really hard to wrap your head around just like the stereotypical meditation, like sitting in the middle of a living room, going the kumbaya or whatever. But when yeah. you realize that really, truly, what it is, is like, it's like self-reflection. Like it is what you think it is. It's what you make it, and yeah. you just you get introspective. Maybe you maybe write down some stuff. Maybe you think about your day, and everybody's gonna have a very different version of it. And it's helpful to a lot yeah. of people, and maybe it's not helpful to some people. But uh, you know, yeah, I've. Uh, on this topic, I actually found that Headspace, I've done a, a bunch of different meditation apps and Headspace is probably the most helpful one to learn how to meditate because they, they equate it to just noticing the distraction. Like you're not gonna be able to sit there with a clear mind and just be like, um, or whatever it is. Like that is super advanced and a very high level technique, but you will be able to, so they, they, there was an example where they're like, um, you are running into Meditation is like you sit on the side of the road and watching traffic go by. And like inevitably, we're going to be like excited and, and go like run into the street and play with traffic. Like, oh my God, a blue car. Like we're going to run around and that's cool. But like, can you notice when you go do that and chase a thought? And can you come back to the breath? Can you come back to what you're focusing on in the first place? Like that's it. Like, and then and then you built on these concepts. So that's what kind of pulled me in. I was like, when I first started, I started like a seven day trial uh, or 10 day trial. And I did 10 days straight. Um, and I was like, can we, like, do I see a benefit on the other side of this? I'm like, I don't feel it now, but I see how there could be. All right, let me buy a month. Let me see what I feel like after a month. And after a month, a month straight, like I'm trying not to skip days. If I feel that there's a benefit, I'll re-up. But like, I'm not committing to more than a month. And like three years later, I had like a three year streak of not missing a day, which was like, which was really cool for someone who didn't believe in that shit at all. And now like I'm preaching headspace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like they should be sponsoring this. <laughs> oh, totally. I, I, I wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> so with, with all of that being said, what are the things that are important to you now in your life? Like what are your core values if you could list them? You know what? I'm kind of embarrassed. I can't answer that off the cuff. Um, family is extremely important to me. Um, taking care of like my team. Like, coming back to the hockey analogy, like taking care of like my goalies. Um, and I don't have many of them. Like my clients, so my family, obviously my immediate family, my super close friends, um, and then my clients. So taking care of them and then also taking, and if I know that this is going to sound a little bit selfish, but if I take care of myself, like training wise and have time to meditate, then I can better take care of them. So I also have to, that too. I know that like the clearer I am, the clearer I will be able, the more like um, giving I'll be able to do. So like I've heard this analogy before. I kind of find it kind of cliche. 
like put on my own, put on your own mask, like in an airplane, put your own mask so you can help someone else. Like that's what I have to do. I just realized that pattern um, and it works for me. Yeah. Um, so like that, I, like, and then respect, like, that's just treat me how you want to be treated. Like just like, joke around with me and whatever. I'm just like, just don't, yeah, that's it. Just, that's it. Like, <laughs> those, like, those I, are I, good, I should put though. more thought into this. I should put this, I should put more thought into those, but that's, those are them. Man. <laughs> well, I, I've had some good quality conversations with people and they, they reflect on like how our closest friends, like we don't need to have that many or our closest people. Like it's, it's quality over quantity and then also just taking mm -hmm. care of yourself that's like a wake-up call for a lot of people like the amount of people that realize that they weren't taking care of themselves very much and then they get forced to to stay home and they realize oh like now i'm cooking better meals or now i'm getting more sleep or now i'm actually kind of it's forced a lot of people have done forced meditation when you think about it because it's like they're sitting in their yeah. house and they're in their host board, just like that TikTok song. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like when there's nothing going on, you are going to like sit and like watch the cars, as you said, essentially. Um, like yeah. for, for myself, I've noticed like, yeah, I was uh, falling short on my sleep and then I increased my sleep and uh, my recovery got better. I had to work out less and my, my physique adapted. Like, I, I realized the benefits of everything and I, I realized uh, the, the benefits of taking care of myself first. Like when, when you're restricted to how many people you have access to simply based on gyms being closed, then you realize mm -hmm. how much, how much your business changes when, when you focus more on like you and what you can do for you. And it's, I think everybody needs that wake up call. Sometimes it's a reality check. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just like a, Hey man, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Situation. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> so with with uh, sleep quality and sleep health, what what is your passion towards that topic? Because you, it's something that you have skills with. It's something that you have something to present on. Um, tell me more about that. With with uh, regards to my experience with including sleep. Well, essentially, I mean, with regards to presentations that you put out, like what, what is the meat and potatoes to what you put out into the greater audience? Like what, what makes you passionate about it? Um, what's, what's your bullet? What's your bullets? What's your ammunition? Uh, I like, I like training. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, Honestly, I like lifting shit, like selfishly, like I like lifting shit, I like feeling things. Um, I like feeling really strong and fast and explosive and like all the traits that I needed to have or had as a hockey player. Like, um, I like that. I also like, like I said, the behavioral psych. Shit. Um, I don't talk much about that on social media because I don't think it, like I'm trying to play the game a little bit. Like the game of social media, like nobody's going to come to a page and listen to somebody talk about psychology. Like so i don't talk about that so much exactly so um i on the surface i'm very much interested in like the breathing patterns and references and constraints and literalizations um and like training for sport performance or just performance um but underneath what matters most to me is what matters most to you like and that's that's so that's what I want to be known for is like being, being the person who not only, like I don't have all the answers, but I know some people depending on what's most important to you who are much better at that thing than I am. And that's important to me to be able to refer out to my like close network of like our six friends who happen to be mostly in the strength, in strength conditioning industry. Like we just, like, I talk to them pretty much every day and I do it to them. Like those are my guys or girls. Guys and girls. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's so. My most passionate about the uh, position-based drills for respiration, um, with rest to get better movement outcomes, as well as psychs dealing with and how to just like um, create that connection, that bond, much faster, and kind of get with every interaction. 
Yeah, no, like I can completely relate to that. And I like how you talk about how like you have this entourage of, of people in which you are most you're more empowered by the people that you keep close than you are by your own. But yeah, like I, I use that word a lot. It's, it's working out for you. What what made you use that branding for your, for your business? Repeat, repeat that again. Sorry, you broke up a little um, bit. So like when I look at your social media account, let me pull it up here. Um, yeah. When I look at a lot of your posts, they say empower in the corner. Tell me more about that. Empower is my company. Empower yeah. is here. No pun intended. So like <laughs> empower fitness and right over here. Um, so that is my money and that was bred out of like, out of that experience when I had the concussion, um, empowered. So I kind of created what I lacked. I, I like created that. what I needed. Um, yeah. and people, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I, I, somebody was taking care of me and I agree, but I'm more of it. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I started. Um, I remember how the empowered name other than just like I feel that um and it kind of evolved a little bit ever since it started it's in 2017 and uh it's become a beast <laughs> oh, that's awesome yeah. no no we're still with them, but um it's it definitely growing leaps and bounds and it, it's it's largely supported by the people who support me and growing every day with the experiences I'm fortunate enough to with both uh, like semi-pro athletes and some pro athletes and like some executives and CEOs and people just like you and people like me, like everyone in between. I, I learn with them and I have the opportunity to from them as well. And that's how Empower is born. I love it. When you reflect on everything that you've gone through and everything that is ahead of you, like what do you set goals for yourself? Like, is there a goal that you have in mind for like the next five years, just like a personal goal, a professional goal, uh, you want to travel somewhere, anything like that? Um, realistic goals. <laughs> so I, I actually listened to a podcast or I read, I think I read an article again, tools and Titans with, uh, Sean white, excuse me, Sean white. Um, and he had like an unrealistic goal. Like a realistic but a reach goal and then like i can get it goal um and so i kind of been like structuring my life around that um but it's it's interesting how it, it changed ever since i had my son um i would love to like super unrealistic reaching goal i would love the opportunity to work with chris pratt for guardians of the galaxy 3 like on a, on a personal standpoint um I love the opportunity to present. I love doing that. When I was, I was growing up, I have or had um, a learning disability. So school was never really, school was really tough for me to go through. And having the opportunity to teach other people when I feel as if I wasn't, it was so hard for me to learn things. That's, it's such a great gift to be able to give back, like understanding when I had this understanding so when i see people who are like i had a hard time learning this and it just clicks when i teach them like, like that is a huge thing for me so developing the coaching coaches side of empower um or empowering the honestly like the mission of empower is to empower the people who empower people i mean that could be both you as a coach and you as like a friend and a son and a husband and like a, a dad and whatever like why can't the dad empower like another friend dad or another like whatever, right? So it doesn't have to be another coach. Um, opening the Empower facility is definitely something front and center in my mind. That is, it will happen hopefully soon, but I, honestly, I don't know, like with the rest of everyone. Um, and you know what? Like to say it simply, making sure my family is healthy, like, even in the shitstorm of the COVID-19 or like outside of this that's my number one taking care of the number one people yeah those are real goals that's um, awesome and then I mean moving to California is pretty good too <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else like, well we're right? all gonna live like, in California thought, like, together we're tired of this cold 
nobody lives anywhere else in the world but California. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> nobody will have any trouble finding a trainer there. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So then, that's uh, that's it, man. When it comes to advice, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that advice be? Who is this someone? Anybody. It could be me. It could be your neighbor. It could be your client. That's tough because I try and cater the the advice to the person or the type of person they are um, or the type of things that they seem to want to hear Yeah. or the type of thing they need to hear. So yeah. if I were to say anybody like – Okay, so the most impactful thing for me as of late has been like learning about myself. If I can better learn about myself and how I work and like the biochemical markers or just like the um, what an onset of an upset like period feels like, then I can better employ these strategies like such as meditation and going for walks more often and like seeking out friends and having conversations and just like being more open and vulnerable. Here we go. Label your fear. I would say that. This is the thing. So label your fear and talk about it openly. What are you most embarrassed about? Like write it down. What do you want nobody to, to find out about you? Write it down. And then once you're strong enough and you feel most comfortable enough about that fear, then tell someone. And then after that, if you feel compelled, like share it. Share it with the world. And you realize that no one gives a shit. And also, you've just taken the power away from that thing. So it can no longer hurt you. I love that, man. That's, it. That's awesome. Like that, <laughs> that is, have you ever seen 8 Mile by like the Eminem movie? Are you serious? <laughs> I hope yeah, you've yeah, seen it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's so good. <laughs> <can> all see it. <laughs> uh, I use that analogy all the time. It's just, yeah, label your fear. Like, put out, put out the things that people troll you for. Just put that out on the, on the table. Like, uh, tell yeah. the world what uh, what well, your weaknesses are, and then just get rid of them. They no longer own you. So I, I, I'm talking a little bit deeper. Like things that you don't want anybody to know about. Oh yeah. But but even yes, yeah, so you can start superficially like that. People like that that's your quote unquote known for in a bad realm, bad way, and then also like the super deep emotionally driven stuff. Like that's where the heavy hitters are. That stuff that's gonna weigh you down. Like the more power, the more you talk about them, the less power they have over you. It's almost like cathartic to to, to speak about them a little bit. It's it's hard, but on the other side of you, like oh, I feel great, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and. So that basically wraps up our conversation for today. So I'd like to thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. This was actually really fun. Thank you for, for listening to me ramble a little bit. Today's episode challenge, I want to know how are you going to integrate your family or close friends into your fitness? Just uh, are you going to bicep curl your kid? Are you going to do a video call with a sibling as you work out? Tell me in the comments of the post on at the lifestyle chase on Instagram. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.